everyone, and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of some amazing association and nonprofit executives and partners who are building our industry of tomorrow. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I'm the CEO of Vistacova, where we partner with organizations on strategic facilitations. And our rock star today is Chris Romer, IOM ACE, who is the president and CEO of Vale Valley Partnership. Vale Valley Partnership is the regional chamber of commerce representing Vale Valley, vale Valley Colorado, as you can see in his beautiful background. Uh, it was the 2016 Chamber of the Year recipient. Chris is the graduate of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's Foundation's Institute for Organization Management Program and has been named a top 25 mind in hospitality sales, marketing, and revenue management by Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International and the Chamber Executive of the Year by the Colorado Chamber of Commerce Executives. He served as the governor appointee to the Brand Colorado Council and the Colorado Tourism and Outdoor Recreation Key Industry Steering Network. Chris, we're so happy you could be with us today. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to chatting with you and um, appreciate the, the opportunity to be included with some of the previous rock stars that you've had who are actually rock stars. So I'm glad you're getting, I'm glad you're lowering the bar a little bit to let me uh, come on and chat with you and I hope it'll be of value. I, I will take your humble nature uh, at, at face value because uh, you would not be on here if you were not a rock star, sir. Well, you're and very to, kind. To prove it, to start with, we like to start with uh, a conversation that I actually end up having with my kids often, which is about the superpowers that each of us have, right? Those things that make us awesome and amazing where we are better than normal. And, and certainly with uh, the list of acronyms after your name, with the credentials and the, the long and impressive resume, there's no shortage of superpowers I'm sure that you have. So tell us about one of yours. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you think of, of superhero powers, you think of the, the different superhero universes in the comic book references, right? From Superman to Batman. I wish I had Batman's superhero power because his only real superhero power is the fact that he's really rich. Like he doesn't have a whole lot else. So I, I wish I had that, but I don't. Um, instead, I've got mere, mere mortal powers. I think of some of the things like invulnerability, like that would be super fun in this industry, right? It would. Um, tele telepathy would be really beneficial to your career pathway to know what folks are thinking when you're engaged in advocacy um, or telekinesis where you can actually like make them think what you want them to think. But that would almost be like cheating, right? So. I don't know. I think that if I if I were a superhero and it were legitimately based on my powers, it would be I would be like the collaboration man, right? Mm -hmm. I think I have I have a track record of being able to bring people together, get people to work together, build coalitions, um, and you know, so that I, I would probably be called collaboration man. Which, in the scope of superheroes compared to Marvel and DC and some of those is one of the lamer superhero powers, but, but it's a good or, one in industry. But as I say, but a CEO of a regional chamber of commerce, collaboration man probably is the, the, what you want on your cape in order to have that title. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's, it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's harder. I, I tell people a lot of the time that collaboration is really messy because it's not, it's not consensus. You're not, you're not browbeating people into something they can live with, you're actually listening and you're actually engaging and building something that everyone can buy into. Yeah. And that's different than consensus where you kind of beat people down 
through the process to to be able to live with it and this is it's it's more there's more ownership involved in collaboration that makes it harder but again the outcomes of that messy process are almost always better for your members and your industry and your community and the other stakeholders that you might have as you think about sort of your own you know professional journey uh the idea of being collaboration man, of being someone who like brings together disparate parties, right? Like for greater good, uh, skill acquired, skill innate, like where, where did you find that your own strength in that originated? Um, both. The answer to that is both. I think that there's some innate ability to do that. I think that, but it, but it's a learned skill, right? You can't just rely on, your innate ability because you need to be able to back it up. And that's where the, that's where the learning comes in. You actually have to actively listen and, and not just wait to say your piece. You have to be able to build relationships and extend that relationship capital to get people to come to the table. Oftentimes people with, with different viewpoints, with people who have dug their heels in and have a very strong opinions um, and as the collaborator or as the convener of those, those entities, it's not a matter of you can't just leverage your relationship capital to get things done. You can leverage your relationship capital to get them in the room. Um, so it's, it's both. I think, that, I think it's something that you need to work on and you need to develop and you need to focus and improve. But, but at some level, you have the mind frame and the innate ability to understand that that process is, is better. So as you think about, I mean, how you've gotten to be the point of like the CEO of a regional chamber, I mean, this has to be such like a, an inherent part of so much of what you do. Any particular experiences along your own journey that stand out along the way where either you realized this was something you were good at or you realized this was something you wanted to become good at? Yeah, it's both actually. Um, I, I knew from a young age that I wanted to be in the, in a tourism area, in a ski resort area. Um, I knew that I had a passion for community and a passion for leadership, yeah. captain of youth soccer teams and baseball teams and always involved in those kind of things. And always like the first kid to raise my hand when, you know, the group project needed a, a volunteer leader to present to the class. I was never worried about that public speaking part and some of those things. So there's, there's some of it that just has always come naturally to me. Uh, but in terms of the running Vale Valley Partnership, um, it really was the doubling down on community is, is how, do, how can I have a positive impact in my community? How can I help people? How can I use things I'm interested in, economics and collaboration and business support and relationships to build something bigger and to help people. Um, and then there's part of it, frankly, that is just being in the right place at the right time when, when the right opportunity presents itself and, and not being shy to, to raise your hand and, um, and put yourself out there. Yeah. I, was, I was in my early 30s when I came to the Vale Valley Partnership and interviewing with a board that was more seasoned um, professionals in the community of, um, frankly, like a kid who uh, they knew a little bit from community involvement, but 
didn't really know until I sat down with them and had the opportunity to talk to them. I think you need to put yourself out there and be in the right place at the right time, but you have to develop the skills too, of course. Yeah. Well, the, what you're describing, right? This like beautiful partnership, partnership in a different way, right? Of like your passion, your skill sets and finding the opportunity where you can marry those to what the opportunity is in a position. You know, I was going to identify, identify a theme. I feel like I've, we've heard from a number of our rock stars. It's they've been able to have enough self-awareness to know what they bring to the table to find the right fit of like where they're going to be able to leverage that right for, for at least the greater good, if not for the specific good of the organization they're going to work for. Yeah. I think it's an important part from, um, you know, I think earlier in my career, and I think many people are the same way you, I'm a relatively driven guy and I was always like planning two or three years ahead. If I right. do this, I can then do this. If I accomplish this, I can move on to this. And um, within a couple of years at the, of being at the partnership and starting new programs and building and, and bringing groups together and doing, you know, some, some I think, relatively good work that's been recognized um, nationally, as you referenced in, in the bio and regionally at the state level with some of the governor task force groups and things, it's, um, you, you, you come to the realization and it's actually really freeing in a lot of ways that there doesn't need to be a next. Like yeah. this can be, this can be my next long time. And I've been at the partnership for 13 years and it probably took me three or four years of being at the partnership to make that connection and say, wow, I can, I can probably build this thing and I can make the impact I'm looking to make. And I don't need to, I don't need to think what's next for me. I can think what's next for us. And that's a, it's a pretty cool moment when you reach that point in your career. You know, part of the, the lead up to this conversation, uh, besides sharing fun stories about uh, Star Wars and backgrounds, you know, part of what the conversation was, wasn't just about that specific community or that specific, you know, regional chamber. I mean, the, you're the first rock star we have with the letters IOM or ACE -A -C -E after your name, like those designations. Uh, why are those important to your career? Because I, I think they indicate something more than just local. Yeah, they certainly do. So the IOM, most people know, Institute for Organizational Management through the U.S. Chamber um, Foundation, a four-year professional development program, teaching people to be association and chamber um, leaders. And I think that's really important because it shows a commitment to your industry. It shows a commitment to your professional development that you want to continue to do better. You've reached a, a title. You have the job title now that you've, you've wanted and you're the CEO of your association or you're the CEO of your chamber, but you're not, you're never done learning. Yeah. You need to continue to focus and learn and grow your network and everything else. The ACE designation is through the Western Association of Chamber Executives, and that is an accredited chamber executive. Um, and again, there, you, there's a lot of different criteria that go into that. There's a test that goes into that, and there's a whole process there. And again, same idea as IOM. It, I think it shows a commitment to the industry, a commitment to your professional journey and yeah. um, some of my mentors and people that i look up up to in the industry have been doing this for a long long time um and i, I still see them at conferences i see them at things and they're in there taking notes and they're bringing it home to their community in fact i said to one of them 
a number of years ago when I was earlier in my career, is why do you come to this every year? And he said the exact same thing that I just said. He said, because you're never done learning. It's like the minute that I don't think I need to come to this is the minute I need to retire. And that, that stuck with me because I think it's, it's the same thing with the designations. It's not, it's not to have alphabet soup after your name. That, that's the yeah. wrong reason to do any of those things. It's to, it's to learn, it's to grow your network, it's to be able to um, bring those ideas that other people have across the country back to your industry or your community. And that's a whole lot more fun than alphabet soup. You know, I, uh, heavily involved with CAE. I'm an instructor for IOM. And what impresses me about both of those things, both from personal and experience as a mentor teacher, uh, is really not the designation you achieve, right? It's the community you build along the way. It's the, it's the adapting your brain towards a learning mentality along the way. Uh, that really continues to impress me about that journey. You know, you talk about, uh, I liked the quote that implied the idea that you need to be a lifelong learner. You need to continue to pursue. Uh, for those that are out there uh, that perhaps do not yet have resources for an IOM, right? Anywhere else that you look in your daily life uh, for ongoing knowledge or ongoing community of learners or partners uh, that you'd recommend others check out or just where else do you find it? Yeah, I think, I think that there's any number of ways to do that. Local, local resources, what, what, are your, what, what is your association or your chamber doing for professional development for your members? Some of that might be of interest. On a regional level or a state level, your, your local um, chamber exec group or your local um, association breakout programs that might exist, it's how do you, and if that doesn't exist, how do you build one? How do you look at, reach out to the people who you respect and ask them to serve as a mentor to you where you do a call once a month and just yeah. shoot the breeze and learn what their challenges are. And, you know, it's a, I think there's any number of ways to do it that don't require a big commitment in travel and budget. Um, even just reading books and what, what's the, What's the latest book? Ask people, I, I, I love this. You ask people who you respect and look up to, say, what's the best book you've read in the last year? Yeah. And they, and they will tell you, right? Because they're probably a lifelong learner too. And they're probably reading those books. And you go spend, you know, $20, $25 on a hardback or download a book for $7.99 to read the essentialism and read the infinite game and yeah. read Simon Sinek or whoever those those people are um, and apply those things to your career. It's, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be formal accredited um, process where you're earning a designation. It's, it's more of a mentality to your, to your point. Yeah. So I, you know, during this time, Simon Sinek went back to his start with why and did a whole Friday learning series. And uh, it was nice to go back to that book and like reread it again like, through a different lens and uh, to remember why, how much I loved that part of the philosophy. Yeah, and why why it's important? No, no pun intended. But the why is that an important lesson that that you know has become such a catchphrase? But what does it actually mean? Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, you know a number of uh, mentors or leaders that like that you look up to. I mean, any examples of like leaders that you've found in the association and chamber space that have shaped your journey, like? What makes them someone that's been a mentor or a leader for you? 
Yeah. Are you looking for names or are you looking for like, you can give examples without some people have dropped names and that's allowed. We love to like share praise. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's some commonalities that some people have. Um, Some people who are more seasoned in their careers, um, like Eddie McBride at the Lubbock um, chamber is an incredible chamber leader who has a heart of gold. Dave Kilby from the Western Association of, of Chamber Executives leading a, a representative group of, you know, hundreds of chamber um, leaders across the Western U.S. and, and beyond. Um, and then some people who are younger in their careers, you know, Spencer, um, and I forget what association, electrical uh, contractors, I think. I went to IOM with Spencer Villock. He's an incredible guy who has an, an incredible passion for learning. And um, there's a lot of people like that. And I, I think that's the commonality. It's not how long you've been in the industry. It's what value do you add along the way? Yeah. There's lots of, of young leaders in, this, in the chamber and association world who I think probably don't identif- self-identify as, a, as an industry leader who absolutely are because what you see when they're interacting and when people come to them at a conference and you see them and how they handle themselves and how they react to others um, and how others react to them, it's a, it's, they haven't even recognized it yet. And that's really fun to watch those people as well. Yeah. But it's, um, it, there's a certain um, spirit of giving back and a, a mentality of problem solving um, that, that all of those people have in common. Well, as a, time has gone by quickly, I'll, I'll bring it back to a thought correlated to what you just talked about. As you think about those that don't even know their leaders yet, but are the rock stars of the future, any sort of closing guiding thought that you'd give them about like the true north that will get them to that place of being a leader or a rock star? Yeah, I, I think what that, that is actively listen, right? And when I say actively listen, because I think everyone in this business who stays in this business for any amount of time knows to listen, right? But actively listening means you're taking action on it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So not just listening, but, but absorbing that information and how do you then develop a, a problem solving, a, a program that solves a problem? How do you be, so I guess the, the answer to that question is around the problem solving idea is that the, the leaders in this industry and as we evolve post COVID, um, and, and now just pure COVID space. I think the organizations that, that thrive coming out of this are going to be those who are focused on solving problems and have figured out that it's, there's lots of things we can do, but what are the things we should do? And what we should do as associations, as chambers, as economic development organizations is help our community, our community nationally, our community locally, our industry, solve problems. And we're uniquely positioned to do that because of our relationships, um, because of our networks, et cetera. So the people who recognize that and the organizations that recognize that, that's the true north is, is don't do things just because someone else did and you, and you respect them. Do it because it, it solves a problem in your community and you need to start with actively listening in order to solve problems. Well, you've given Everyone tuning in, lots to actively listen to. So thank you for sharing all that today and for being with us. Yeah, you're very welcome.
And thank you everyone that's been tuning in for joining us. As always, I want to give a great deal of thanks to Amy Hager, who's behind the scenes making all the magic happen and talking to you online as we're talking here face to face. And thank you to everyone who keeps tuning in. We look forward to continuing to bring you rock stars that are helping drive our industry forward. Until next time, Association Rock.